there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. That's the music. I love it. My man Mike Sauter joins us for another episode of Playing It Forward. We have talked about a ton the last couple of weeks. Social responsibility, vaccines, can sports flourish, what's going on in schools. We've had some strong opinions, so we figured, yeah, you know what? We ought to ask somebody that has to actually execute. Go, go through, <laughs> do the stuff that we're talking that actually about. Actually has to execute all these things as we welcome him back. He's our only two-time guest. Two-time guest. He, he's the only one so far. Was the which, first one, second one we had. Well, who was the second? He was second or first. Who, who was the first? Wasn't Kanger first? We haven't had him on the second time yet. No, I'm saying, yeah, this is the yeah, second oh, time. Oh, you mean he the, was the, the first. Yeah, he was the first. First I, think, or second. I think Dr. Lucas kicked it off. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was so early. You, so you heard the name, this, the superintendent of District 66, and he has been a busy man. Dr. Lucas, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, doing great. And now you guys told me I was the first back in the day. So you were. I don't know yeah, if we I was got, hey, Okay, all right. Listen, if we're going to fit, you we got to be consistent, right? So we, if we said <laughs> first, right. then it was the first. Right. He remembered yeah, that, there we which go. is. You, you remembered that, which is uh, – the fact you remembered that uh, has me concerned. Dude, he doesn't well, forget I mean, anything. <laughs> hey, it's an honor. It's an honor to talk to you guys. Oh. I remember great days like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, and uh, the king of sarcasm. He's the, he's the whole kit and caboodle, folks. So, Doc, you're on, you're on the road. You're, you're headed west where the, uh, the area code changes. What's, uh, what's on the docket today? Yeah, so I'm headed to the beautiful town of Holdridge in the 308 area code. I'm going to go out there and visit with their staff and uh, do a little back-to-school motivational speech. And then I get to meet with some community college representatives to talk about some work certification ideas we have at Westside High School. So it's a, it's a great Wednesday, man. Hey, so it's interesting, right? I always, I'm, I'm always concerned about you. We talk quite a bit off the record. I always ask how you're, how you're doing. Your glass is always half full. Mm-hmm. How did you yeah. spend some of this downtime to make sure that you had enough in the tank to continue to give to so many others? You know, it, 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 that's a great question. I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it, I really feed off of – I do these other things to really keep me energized and enthusiastic to do my real job. And so uh, it's just – it's always been part of my DNA and just trying to give to others and help others. And by doing so, I help myself. And so it, it really works pretty well. Is um, How much – this is – probably not as deep as we want to get but you you like to go fishing is that yeah. is that well the water's deep well <laughs> yeah that's kind of part of it. um is is that just a release for you is that a 
thinking? Yeah. Is that, or is it more of a, okay, this is time I'm alone. I'm just going to think about yeah. what's next. Well, I tell you, fishing is a great release for me. And a lot of times I don't go alone. I actually go with oh. my, my children's grandson. He's 87 years old and, and, uh, he's my best fishing buddy. And so a lot of times he and I'll go together. Sometimes I do go alone, but it's just great thinking time and kind of deprogramming. And, you know, I can go out there for three or four hours, catch some fish and just get away from the cell phone pinging every four seconds and all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you guys, it's interesting because I become an empty nester on, on Saturday. I moved my youngest son to Creighton and uh, excited for his future. And then I'm alone for the first time in my life. And what I've done this summer to kind of recharge and get ready for the school year is uh, I think I think back to my younger days. And so fishing was a big part of my childhood. And I kind of, in a weird way, am connecting back to my childhood with some of my memories and thoughts when I'm out there fishing. It would, it, this, you know, obviously you've gone through, you know, we thought we'd be opening back up schools just kind of fully, but carefully. Um, yeah. And now we've reversed course a little bit. And, and obviously your district, I think, was the first in the metro, yeah. the metro area to make the mask decision. What yeah. all goes into that? I, I think I know, but it's probably a lot deeper than what I think. You just call up the yeah. local county health department. It's probably <laughs> deeper than that, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it's hard. I tell you, and I, I, um, I was hoping we we would we would be in a better position on August 11th than we are. To be quite honest, uh, we we get a lot of great guidance from Douglas County Health Department. All the Metro superintendents and I uh, meet with Douglas County Health every Thursday morning. We have since the p- pandemic began. We get a lot of great feedback from the Med Center and Children's Hospital. And as you guys know, I mean, it's just such a divisive topic and anger comes out on both ends of the spectrum. And so the decision we made last Monday to to require masks for our elementary students really just stems from one thing. It's not super sophisticated. It is that our elementary age children have not had the ability to decide with their family if the vaccination is for them or not. And so our middle school and high school families have already had that opportunity. So we're optional masks there where we are going to require at elementary until um, vaccine becomes available and those families can decide what works best for them. How do you, so there isn't a right answer. There isn't. Like it depend, you know, publicly, right? There, there isn't a right answer. So and Mike, I'll tell you this, man, I'll tell you this. So this is my 19th year as a superintendent, and I've never had an issue that was as much 50-50 mm-hmm. as this one. I quit counting last week after about 380 emails, <laughs> and uh, 190 were applauding our decision. 190 were telling us how awful we were, yeah. and it's, uh, there's no in-between. Yeah. How, do you, I, how do you manage that mentally? Like the, how do you stay in the middle? How, how I, it's fascinating to me because, you know, yeah. as someone in the public eye a little bit, I take some heat for some things I say and do, and yeah. Damon Damon does too, and we all kind of do. How do you, how do you yeah. manage that? It sound it sounds corny, but uh, and we talked about it when I was on your show for the first time. You know, a lot of times you and I, Mike, we talked about how we kind of feed off of negativity mm-hmm. and doubters and. uh and I, and there is a little bit of that, but this, 
this is really about what we think is best for the kids, what our medical experts are telling us is best for our kids. And with such a, a such a critical issue, um, we let the criticism roll off our back because we're just doing what we think is best for our kids. And, and, and we're in the kid business and that's really our only focus. And if people, you know, want to bash us on Facebook or Instagram or wherever, they certainly have that right. But, uh, you know, they have the luxury of not having to make those tough decisions. Doc, there's a fine line between conviction and listening to, um, you know, trusted confidants, right? You're hoping that those two things line up, but they always don't. In a position of leadership where you're constantly modeling. Listen, I see you a ton, a couple times a week. I know a servant leader when I see one. You don't ask anything of your peers that you're not willing to do. How, how often do those worlds collide for you where it's like, okay, I'm trying to collect information. This is what I believe at my core. Yeah. Hopefully they mesh, but sometimes they don't always. Yeah, it's been tough because uh, we, we don't always even get the same messaging from the medical community. And that's what's really made, made me feel pretty helpless during this COVID journey. Um, you, you, you read this study, you, you, you analyze this data and this group is saying you have to do this. And the other group says, well, not so fast. And, and, uh, it really, you and, and these, these decisions are so important and you don't feel well equipped a hundred percent locked in that you have all of the info and resources that you need to, to make, to make the best decision possible. How do you keep, um, you know, so I'm sure there are teachers that work in the district along with parents that maybe disagree with that decision um, that was made or or maybe disagree with other decisions that you've made as a, on, on the district level that happens all the time and it's happened throughout your career. But how yeah. do you keep, you know, common vision is something, Damon. So how do you keep that common vision even though there might be some divisiveness or disagreement? Yeah, we, and we talk a lot uh, in places I've worked, and including Westside, that you know we always try and have an inside-out communication or public relations approach because it's been my experience that the most critical people of any organization are typically the people within that organization. And so you have to be very transparent as a leader. You have to, you have to just over-communicate. And uh, you know, a lot of times I've just said, I, I try and take some of the sting out of controversial decisions by just announcing before what the decision is that we know this is divisive. We know people are upset. This is what we're doing. And then we have to do a really good job of explaining the why. And I think a lot of times leaders do a good job of talking about what, but they don't explain the why. And uh, we really try and focus on, you know, the purpose of whatever the decision is. And then you can't be afraid to own mistakes and you can't be afraid to show vulnerability as a leader. And, uh, that's something that I've always had great success with because it's just who I am as a person. Doc, when you're talking about, um, are you surprised or a little taken aback? We talked about this last week and it's like, you don't always want to associate with the lowest common denominator, but are you, are you, surprised that detractors or critics use worst case scenario as their example like hey 
there's a 99.7% recovery rate or kids aren't dying where it's like, that's awful morbid. You, <laughs> if you can control sickness, I think you would. Does that, yeah. does that line of thinking draw you in or do you understand exactly what you're dealing with? I, 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 it's been a long journey, man, since March 13th of 2020. And so I'm not surprised anymore by very much. Uh, I guess uh, it, that line of thinking is, is uh, somewhat flawed in my opinion because that 99.7%, um, you know, talk to the 0.3% whose child didn't live and, and tell me how impressed they are by the 99.7 or or, or, or those parents who have watched their kids just simply be sick i yeah. no parent right. wants to watch their kid have the flu yeah. right it becomes right. it becomes very flippant to talk about post having the flu but while your kiddos are sick that's still right. tough right it is yeah so i tell you the 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 venom though and and the passion that you see on both sides of this it's uh, it, nothing surprises me anymore. Uh, you know, we, we, we get death threats. We have people that call up and say they know where you live and they're going to come by and snap your neck and whatever. And, uh, hey, I, I, I give my cell phone out to people like that and say, hey, let me let me know when and where you want to meet. Hey, we'll they they, they don't know about those Florida roots and the fact you look like you're in fighting shape. <laughs> Killing they gators. Talk? I'm kidding. You're a professional. I, I, I kid because I, I kid. Be, wow. I, I kind of not kid because I care. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It, it, it's, uh, it's the Wild West in a lot of ways right now. So how is it looking for you? You've had you've made some spectacular hires. You've diversified yeah. your portfolio. You've you've really tried to model the we greater than me. You've had to make your own personal sacrifices. How, how do you see the district shaping up as you head into this calendar year? Yeah, I'm super excited about where we're at as a school district. This is started my third year and um you know, we certainly had a a lot of challenges the last two years, but we have made some phenomenal hires. Uh, Dr. Andrea Haynes as assistant superintendent, Dr. Kelsey Tapp as our director of elementary instruction and, and teaching and learning is amazing. And just a lot of great people throughout. And so we have some really good momentum going. We're going to have an amazing school year and uh, there's just no better place to be than Westside. You're, you're, you're the ultimate cheerleader. I don't I don't think I've ever met anyone in your position that is as um I mean you just said it and it made me think wow like this dude is all all in. Like yeah. Not most superintendents obviously are, but yeah. no no one's as vocal about it. No one's as vocal about it as on social media and and all of that. Is that is that how you build community yeah I, it's part of it and and it i'll tell you man it's authentic because i've always yeah. been that way i mean when i right. when i started back in fantasy football in 1997 i went all in i created a team newsletter i got a mini helmet and a logo i mean that's just my personality and so if i'm gonna you know, when i was in york you know i bled i bled you know navy and vegas gold and now west side red white and black and that's just uh, – I think it's important for a leader to, to model that as long as it's authentic because it shows people that, that, that they really care. And, and when, things, uh, when things 
go wrong at Westside, um, you know, I want to be accountable for that. I think leaders have to really have the mindset that we're going to accept blame and we're going to deflect praise, mm. deflect, praise deflect praise to the classroom teachers, to our support staff, our custodians, our coaches, whoever, um, because that's a team concept. But then when, when things go south, uh, a leader has to step up and, and, and take that on uh, to protect the rest of the organization. Doc, you're in a you're in an interesting spot because uh, as a product of public education, my dad was assistant superintendent for almost thirty years. My edu- I have an educational degree, the minor in special ed. I get it, right? Public schools, you have to understand numbers. You know, cumulative, summative, they matter yep. for a district. For you, fiscal yeah. budgets, the, it matters. But then there's this innate thing called feel and understanding what you think is best for kids even if it may go against the grain from a quantitative standpoint is that tough for you or is that what allows you to be so dynamic when everybody's well 90 percent of the people are saying man dr lucas this guy is a dynamic leader is that where you find a way to blend those worlds yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, we always try and be data-driven in our decision-making, but sometimes you do just have to trust your gut, and I've always had very good success at just trusting my gut and trying to rely on good old Nebraska common sense, and uh, and we talk about calculated courage a lot, too, DB, uh, throughout Westside, where we're, we're not going to be afraid to make and stand behind a difficult decision as long as we think it's what's best for our students and our organization. And so, you know, you're going to take some criticism, you, but, but we have a, an outstanding board of education that allows, that operates itself with calculated courage and allows um, district leadership to, to do the same and, uh, and go with your gut. And I, I've had, I've been lucky a lot of times that my gut hasn't led me wrong too often. What's, what's next? For Westside. I mean, let's say, you know, we get through another, hopefully only month or two of pandemic stuff, or it could be six months or a full school year. What, yeah. what, what, okay, two part question. What's next for Westside? And the second thing is, how much fun will it be to not have to worry about this, hopefully, eventually, like next year? Yeah. So yeah, I'll start with the second part of that. So when, yeah, when, whenever we're able to move past the pandemic, you know, if, and when that ever occurs, that'll be uh, just an amazing day. And I know all of my educational colleagues feel the same because it's really a seven, it's a seven day a week grind. And honestly, every time your phone rings or pings, you're terrified about what COVID news is coming now. So it'll be a great sense of relief. As far as what's next for Westside, I mean, we just have to continue to build on our culture. Uh, we have our our district uh, was born in 1947, so we're going to celebrate our 75th year of existence in 22, and uh, just continue to enhance our culture, continue to provide opportunities for students. We just rolled out a new five-year strategic plan that is very measurable. We're very excited about that, and we just have to we just have to get better across the board and everything that we're doing. Um, our enrollment's growing, so we just have to we have to get better in everything that we do. 
Doc, you don't want to take unnecessary chances, but you can't be boxed in by fear. How are you looking at the potential of what's been going on with the COVID-related talk based on a year ago? And what is it from a year ago that's going to help you be able to adjust on the fly as best you can, no matter what happens from a health standpoint? Yeah, that's a great question. So we've been talking internally. You know, we, we obviously are prepared for remote learning if we ever have to go back to that. We learned, we learned some tough lessons back in the spring of 20. We're prepared for a hybrid model, which we used last year, and we're prepared for face-to-face. So we feel like we're – and I hate the word pivot, but, you know, we, we feel like we can pivot very quickly because of our technology, because of the amazing staff that we have and the awesome students. So – we're, we just ha- it just it just wears you out though DB that we have to spend all this emotional equity on a daily basis preparing for three or four scenarios mm. instead of being able to sink all of your you know all of your resources and time into one scenario right so that that's something that uh, just wears you out but but we have to do that right now we'll continue to be prepared for a lot of different scenarios, building by building, grade level by grade level, whatever the case may be. Uh, you're such a competitive person for a, for somebody that exudes the kind of kindness you do. I think sometimes people think you sacrifice one for the other. You can't be competitive and other-centered. When you look back at the catalysts that have allowed you to kind of transition whatever life's thrown at you, what does it go back to for you? Um, it really goes. My grandparents were were big, uh, uh, big, big role models for me, and and they were all treated people very well, but they all were very competitive. And you know, growing up down in Florida, it's just a competitive. I mean, it's a competitive area, and uh, nothing comes easy. I grew up, you know, in trailer homes and hotels and different things, and so. You have to scratch and claw for everything that you get, and and that served me well as a school administrator because it is such a competitive environment. But I, I, uh, my grandparents really instilled in me the importance of treating other people well, and um, and and then they sure taught me how to, that winning is a lot better than losing too. <laughs> <laughs> and they they didn't give you anything, and I, you know, like and my mom and dad, my mom and dad deserve a lot of credit, but. I'll never forget, you know, I, I didn't ever live with my dad because my parents were divorced, but I took a buddy down there to see him during the state fair my seventh grade year, and we played some basketball, my dad, Pat, and I. And uh, there are no layups in our in our family, and Pat went for a layup, and I forearm shivered him into the garage door, and my dad kind of karate chopped his leg, and he still talks about that 35 years later. <laughs> So there's no gimme. Oh, Doc, it's always good to catch up with you. I always feel encouraged, man. Just make sure you continue to kind of surround yourself with people that can fill and water your plants, right? You can't always oh, – oh, yeah. sometimes you got to be able to be a sponge and, and, and take in the water because Lord knows you sure do give enough uh, to become dehydrated. <laughs> Yeah, no, I appreciate that, and I look forward to, you know, school starting on Tuesday and being around great kids and staff again, and uh, 
uh, getting to stand on the sideline on Friday nights is going to really keep me uh, keep me motivated. Yeah, this time I actually get to stand next to you and not feel awkward. I, I, I actually <laughs> – I'm, I'm tr- this volunteer of yours is trying to figure out that he belongs. <laughs> well, hey, it, soon enough, we're going to all be together. I can't wait. Uh, Doc, we appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks. Hey, y'all, y'all have a great day. Thanks for what y'all do. Thanks, yeah. Dr. Lucas. That is Dr. Mike Lucas. He is uh, he's just pretty fantastic. Yeah. He's one of those guys. Could You know, and he's not afraid to share, right? Mm-hmm. So I think part of courage is the willing to make yourself yeah. vulnerable. And he when totally he's does. sharing the responses and feedback like he does, because he's very, very good on social yeah. media. Oh, yeah. Uh, and listening to the parents, and he knew it may not be a popular decision for some. He has to discern between the vocal minority and actually what's turned out to be 50-50. I mean, it, it's a difficult time right now. I would not want his job. I mean, can you imagine? No. No, I, I and just, I, I know my personality. There's no way. <laughs> I mean, there's a chance you get mad when the wind kicks up, <laughs> yeah. right? Let alone somebody yeah. just talking to you in the old talking, kind of way. Talking about I'm coming to your house. Okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you read some of those responses, and it's like, why would you tell another grown man you're that, going to kill him? Yeah, for this decision. For a decision on, like, you know, trying to do what's best for kids or not. Or I, 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 I seriously think we've lost our minds. D- just disagree. Like, it, be, it, be civil. I, something is, I mean, people fighting over just passing somebody in a grocery store, yeah. mask versus non-mask. Yeah, that's too much. I, I mean, what is going just on? Get pick up, Pick up your groceries. Then you can pick them up. You don't even have to go in anymore. I mean, do, you can't. I mean, for real. You see, I looked at me. So she is like, "No, I, I'm not playing." I mean, like, for real. Like, keep keep it moving. I've been right, in the grocery man, store could, in weeks. It's that's kind of one a, way to completely avoid conflict. Just uh, listen, don't, just don't avoid everyone. Unless you're Michael Severe, most people don't love going to the grocery <laughs> store. He's the only guy I know that. Intentionally goes once a day. <laughs> I, I I I like going to the grocery. Store. It's fine, but, but not six times a week. No, that's a lot. Like, can't you just buy all the crap you need one time? Like, plan it out. A little bit? I don't know, man. I don't. I think it's therapeutic for him. Have you is. seen his wallet with the coupons? No. I tried to tell him the other day. I said, "Hey, they do have digital coupons yeah. now." And for whatever the reason, I can't remember how he explained. It. He tells me it's not the same. <laughs> They're different, man. They're different. I said, okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, fantastic stretch. We'll be back next week. Who knows, I man? We're just hoping yeah. that it won't be too different. Yeah. We're in a much different spot. The numbers are worse than they were a year ago when sports were hey, canceled the, in some of the metro the areas. Whole, the whole, his point real quick before we get out about sick kids and like, Look, man, I'm going through it. My kid's been sick for five days. Yeah, my little girl's and still I sick. Don't not, want, it's still not in daycare. I don't want, we, I'd rather not have my life disrupted yeah. just because she's, quote, sick and going to survive. Just Sorry. the fact that I can't help her, like, breathe. Right. Like, she's right. decongested. Yeah. It scares me to death, right? right? I'd right. sleep better knowing she was breathing better. The survival rate thing, I get it. If but, you care, you care. Yeah. Just like if you don't, you don't. Yeah. 
uh, back. That's playing it forward. Um, always trying to go there. Spark some thought. Back next week, Sasha Durkin on the wheels of steel, making sure that we're okay. That's the main man, Mike Sauter. I'm ODB. Pod drops Thursday. Don't you dare miss it. A Huda Media Production.